did you miss me? Because I missed you. Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host Rashad Richie. We got a lot on the agenda today. Let me say a big thank you to Adrian Lawrence, who was able to fill in and captain this ship. My great production team, happy new year to every single one of you. I have missed you, I am glad to be here. I'm like a bull inside of a cage for too damn long. There will be repercussions today, good to be with you. All right, breaking down news of the day, my contributor is none other than Dina Dahl, law and legal analyst, as well as attorney at law extraordinaire. And in the bullpen, we have Mr. Brad Palumbo. He's back, a fee.org correspondent, national review contributor. We're going to chop it up about colleges shutting down amid Omicron and labor shortages in the United States of America. Top story of the day, a chief judge in a Georgia town decided to physically attack a handcuffed defendant in his courtroom. I kid you not, let me show you a screenshot from the video we were able to retrieve. That is the judge, that is a shackled defendant that he just gave bond to. And he decided to attack, physically assault this defendant in his courtroom. Now here's the irony beyond that irony, the DA has refused to press charges. The GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigations, they are the ones who released the video after charges were not filed. And this guy, put up the picture again, this chief judge, the chief magistrate judge of that county still currently serves. And this happened in 2018, video just got released. That's why we're talking about it. A county chief magistrate judge from middle Georgia, is facing possible expulsion, not criminal charges, just a revocation of his judicial office from the bench because of an incident captured on security video showing him physically attacking a defendant. Let me give you some more background to this. There's a Channel 2 reporter, which is a local news agency in Atlanta. Channel 2 reporter Richard Belcher used the state open records law to get the video from the GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigation which investigated the incident that took place in December of 2018. This is in the county seat of Crawford. The district attorney, which is a district district attorney. It's a little different in Georgia for that area, this DA oversees multiple counties. The DA for that part of the state, a little west of Macon, has decided not to pursue criminal charges against Judge Carrie Hayes, the chief magistrate judge of that area. But the state's judicial watchdog group, JQC, Judicial Qualifications Commission, they have filed formal charges against Hayes. Here's the reality, the JQC cannot lock you up, okay? These formal charges are not criminal charges. The judge has the ability to appeal the JQC, okay? This story gets deeper, a security camera, this video astonished Marietta attorney Robert Ingram. Here's why Robert Ingram is important. Attorney Ingram served eight years on the JQC, the oversight group for judges and was chairman for two of those eight years. He said, and I quote, this kind of conduct may occur in China and Russia. 
but I've never heard of it occurring in Georgia, he told Belcher, the reporter. There's a video and when you have a video that documents what occurred, I mean, there's no question. It's a violation of the code of judicial conduct. Now I wanna bring your attention to something. You see, he's still protecting this chief judge. As an attorney, he says, well, I've never seen anything like this. Maybe China, maybe Russia, but this is a violation of judicial code of conduct. First of all, we don't need you to tell us that. We are well aware that this is obviously a violation of a conduct code, okay? The issue is you all are not willing to say what it is. Call a thing a thing. It is criminal. It is assault. It is against the law. The judge should have been arrested on the spot. They've been investigating since 2018 and nothing has happened to him. He didn't even lose his job. Do you realize that at your place of employment, I don't care where you work. You could work at Wendy's, you could work at some corporate 500 company. If you would have physically assaulted someone like this judge did, you would lose your job. So you mean to tell me that virtually every other job in the United States of America has a higher standard of accountability for behavior than being a chief judge of this particular county. Let me give you more background. So this former chair of the watchdog organization, Judicial Qualifications Commission said, in almost 40 years, I have never seen or heard of a judge leaving the bench to physically engage a litigant or an inmate. In this case, the person was both. But that's what happened when inmate Brian Keith Davis went before Judge Hayes. Now here's what's ironic, the guy actually got a good deal. The guy who assaulted the, who got assaulted by the judge got a decent deal from the judge based on what he was in front of the judge for. It was a first appearance hearing. The bond was an issue for Davis who was facing a felony, keep this in mind, a felony drug charge and two lesser charges. According to the GBI, Davis wanted to be released on his own recognizance, which means a signature bond. He wanted to get out based on a signature and not money. However, the judge said his bond at only 8,500 bucks. Felony drug charges, $8,500. Witnesses told the GBI Davis launched into a tirade of insults. Radio dispatcher Rachel Hollingshed told the GBI the judge barked at the handcuff inmate. What did you say, boy? Is what the judge said. Come back here and say it again. I'm using my best redneck accent. I'm, I apologize if I missed the point here. Holling Shed said, that's what the judge told Davis. I looked and the judge had inmate Davis faced press against the outside of the window. The judge himself told the GBI, and I quote, uh, this is what the radio dispatcher said. He put his hand on Davis's shoulder to turn Davis around. At that point, Davis told Hayes, if you touch me one more time, this is the defendant telling the judge, if you touch me one more time, I'm going to beat your mm-mm. Davis also told Hayes, the judge, this is on video and the judge replied, I hope it is. So here's the thing, I kind of like the spunk of this alleged drug dealer. And let me tell you why, self-defense is the first law of nature. You are shackled already, the judge who just set your bond, you may not agree with the bond, it is what it is. But the judge judge who set your bond comes out of the courtroom to physically attack you. You're damn right, do it again, 
I'm gonna, mm -mm. yep, that's what's gonna happen. No problem with that at all. I have no issue with what this particular individual said to the judge. The judge should face criminal charges, but once again, his privilege and his status has made him immune to even the conversation. Nobody is having a conversation about pressing criminal charges against the judge. The DA said it's a non-issue. GBI released video without a statement of pressing charges. He is still on the bench as we speak. I went to the website, he's still the chief judge and he has multiple associate judges under him that he appoints to the bench. Attorney Dahl, now, I hope you tell me what this judge did was in fact criminal, not just a violation of some code, but criminal. Yes, it's criminal, it's an assault. But it is also true that a lot of simple assaults like this, where there wasn't a weapon and the person wasn't injured, are not prosecuted. I mean, that's probably a lot of people have had a similar experience. Remember, maybe they've wanted something like this to be prosecuted. But the fact is, is there's so many cases out there, a lot of assaults don't get brought. To me, the biggest problem though, obviously, as you mentioned, the power imbalance and the fact that this was an inmate, he had zero representation. Where was his lawyer? Why didn't his lawyer at the time file a notice with the Judicial Commission to get him off the bench? And was his lawyer talking to the prosecutor and urging there to be filing? To me, it seems like it was obviously an abuse of power. He really should have gotten off the bench right away. And it's easy to do something to somebody who has no voice. And that's a problem in our system. Our public defenders are so overwhelmed. They have a hard time defending people. And I think that to me is the worst part about this story. You bring up something very important, the inequity of power here, the, the lack of power balance. You have a chief judge who has your entire life in the palm of his hand, right? And not only is he adversarial to you outside of the judicial arena, he decides to physically attack you. Now you're involved in the justice system where that judge is still on the bench, that judge hires other judges. And that judge has influence with probably many of the judges, if not all of the judges in that circuit. And you are bound now by the decision of judges after one of their own has decided to physically attack you. It's insane, we're gonna continue to follow the story until the judge is properly charged. All right, very sad story. The niece of the late George Floyd has been shot and the father is saying it was a targeted attack. Let me give you some background to this very sad story. Let's put up a picture of this beautiful, beautiful princess. Her name is Ariana Delaney, okay? George Floyd's four year old great niece, Ariana Delaney was shot at night while she was sleeping in what her father claimed was a targeted attack, okay? The father was saying this was a targeted attack. Ariana was one of the two children and four adults who were sleeping inside of the second floor of their South Houston, Texas apartment when a shooter opened fire around 3 a.m. on New Year's Day. Ariana was sleeping 
in the front bedroom when gunfire broke out. She survived the attack and is recovering after an emergency surgery for a punctured lung and liver. She also suffered three broken ribs. She's in a lot of pain right now. My daughter jumped up and said, daddy, I've been hit. Imagine a four year old child having to say that even knowing what that phrase means. A four year old little girl gets up and says, daddy, I've been hit. And I was shocked until I seen the blood and realized my four year old daughter was really hit. Ariana's father, Derek Delaney told ABC 13 Houston. Let's put up another picture of this princess, okay? Now there's another element to this story that is profound and sickening. Mr. Delaney, okay, the father is claiming that it was a targeted shooting, but did not elaborate. Why would my house get shot up? He said, my daughter doesn't know. I can't explain that to her. As the father, you're supposed to protect the kids. The family has accused the police of a delayed response and said officials did not arrive until after 7 a.m. Now, wait a minute, what time did this happen? 3 a.m. What time did the officials arrive? After 7 a.m., okay, it gets deeper. This delayed response, I mean, this is basically a non-response, 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. This so-called delayed response is so egregious that it is now being investigated by the Houston police. Houston's police chief, Troy Finner, said in a statement that an internal affairs investigation has been launched. This is quick. This is a fast acknowledgement of an internal investigation. They say an internal investigation has been launched into the late response. There is no debate, not even from the police chief, that this response was not appropriate. The chief said, and I quote, I am aware and have concerns regarding the delayed response time in this incident and have initiated an internal affairs investigation. Now here's the other part of this narrative. So you have what the father is claiming to be a targeted attack. You have an extreme delay in response from 3 a.m. until after 7 a.m. the police get there. And Adriana in particular and her family were active in support of Black Lives Matter and the murder of Mr. George Floyd. The uncle, Adriana accompanied her family members to several Black Lives Matter protests following the killing of her uncle, George Floyd. 100% unacceptable, unacceptable. There's a ruling by the US Supreme Court that basically says cops do not have the responsibility to protect individuals. It's basically what it says. In this situation, not only does it seem ironic that this family had bullets go through their home, the response of a delay, 
extreme delay by police compounds it. Attorney, what are your thoughts on this one? It's tragic. I mean, the fact that this poor four year old was shot like that, and thank goodness she survived. It does sound like it's targeted, and it's also very alarming the delayed response. I imagine the paramedics came earlier, or maybe they drove her to the hospital. But the fact that the police didn't initiate invest, I mean, four hours is a long time to you know to wait to collect evidence. Yeah. Thank goodness they did this internal investigation soon. You know, that's what I feel like we've been advocating a lot on this show is like mm-hmm. self policing the police. So good yeah. for them for doing that. And is this an example of the fact that the police knew this was George Floyd's family and kind of was contributing to this target? Or is this discrimination? And is this how the police treat, you know, maybe black families in the area? I don't know, but whatever it is, I hope they get to the bottom of this because there probably is inequity even in how police respond, maybe to calls, 911 calls. Perhaps they do it in a discriminatory way, and maybe they will find out with this. Very well said. Let me take you back to Houston. All right, there's body camera video showing. A Houston cop, and this was so egregious, traveling, going over the speed limit, responding to a call, driving with one hand on the steering wheel, striking and killing a pedestrian. Here's the video. Scott and Reed, uh, one male patient, not believe, uh, not conscious, not breathing, uh, has bleeding from the head. <laughs> sir, 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 wake up, sir. The officer was in violation of various protocols that night that led to the death of this one male. Let me give you some background to this newly released video, body camera footage, shows the high speed moments before. A Houston cop drove his police cruiser onto a sidewalk on December 4th and killed 62 year old Michael Wayne Jackson, who was walking to his barber. He was walking to get his hair cut. Let's put up a picture of the now deceased Mr. Jackson, okay? On December 30th, the Houston Police Department released two videos, two clips from body cams worn by driver officer Orlando Hernandez and his partner officer Anthony Aranda. Both officers are 25 years old with fewer than five years on the force and currently are listed as active duty according to an HPD spokesperson. Okay, here's a steal 
from that body camera. If you notice, you have to pay close attention. You see the arm of a black male. Well, that's the black male that this officer has killed, okay? The body camera footage reveals Mr. Hernandez was driving with one hand, was going well over 80 miles per hour in violation of all protocols and it was raining. Hernandez at times drove the 6,300 pound Ford police car between 80 to 100 miles per hour. This was down Reed Road. That's according to the evidence we have from the speedometer, okay? Traffic on Reed Road is limited at 40 miles per hour. The cops were driving with lights and siren activated to help another officer apprehend five individuals allegedly involved in the carjacking who reportedly fled on foot after the short pursuit. The road was wet, the windshield wipers were on and all police protocol points to you have to get to your destination while preserving the safety of citizens en route. Every protocol says that, but as I told you before, if your policy does not equate to the culture, the culture will eat policy alive every day. The right thing is put on paper, but the wrong thing is done by behavior, okay? Jackson was walking west on the sidewalk in the 4100 block of Reed Row near Scott Street. As the cruiser approached from the east around 5.40 PM, several cars were stopped at a red light at the Reed Road and Scott Street intersection. As Hernandez sped toward the intersection, video shows the officer turned the steering wheel nearly 180 degrees to avoid colliding with other cars. Uh, the cruiser slid slightly right, jumped the sidewalk and hitting Mr. Jackson before slamming into a dumpster bin in a nearby parking lot. That dumpster bin likely saved the lives of other individuals, okay? Uh, Jackson's brother believes that the officer's uh, driving uh, was completely the reason why his brother is dead, the driving, nothing else. And I agree, okay? Uh, these individuals did not have a lot of experience. Uh, they did violate protocol. And now you have this, somebody dead who was simply trying to get a haircut. That could be any. That could be anybody, that could be me, I get a haircut. That could be me going to my barber, walking across the parking lot and somebody who has significant position authority and control in that moment, violating their own policies and killing me or killing you. There is something called gross negligence under the law, reckless disregard for life. Attorney, what do you see in this case legally? Yeah, it's really tough to hold police or any emergency responders liable for accidents because they're allowed to be exempt from traffic laws when they're responding to an emergency. So it's really going to come down to the details that will probably still come out. You know, did they put on the brakes and slow down before entering the intersection? You know, that would be reasonable. It's okay to maybe lose a few seconds responding to an emergency, or did they not? You know, they were trying to avoid a collision with other cars, but if they were just speeding through the intersection. You know, that's unreasonable. So it's those kind of nitty gritty details that are gonna end up being important. And 
But it is gonna be a tough road and it is really sad. You know, this is not the movies. You know, we see car chases all the time in movies and somehow they always manage to like come out okay. But the reality that's not true. And so they have to really balance responding to an emergency and the fact that there's innocent lives all around these roads and being very safe and cognizant. There were several cars responding to this. It would have been okay to delay a few seconds, especially in the rain and make sure it was okay for him to cross that intersection before they did that. And and here's the visual in my mind, attorney. This officer is driving with one hand on the steering wheel like he's going 20 miles per hour and the weather is perfect. Mm-hmm. The, the weather is bad, he's driving 80 to 100. It's a street where cars and people are and he does not take that into account. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back, we got a lot of show left, good to be with you. I'm gonna read as many comments as I can. I miss the comments, I miss reading comments, I miss all of this, all right? Glad to be back in the air chair. Okay, um, big announcement, big announcement on Friday. Tune in to the Young Turks Power Panel on January 7th, all right? Mark that on your calendar to find out what we've got in store for you in 2022. I'm so excited about this announcement. I wanna tell you in advance, but I can't, I'm trying to get clearance. Mm-hmm. All right, stuff around here can sometimes be G14 classified. We got a big announcement on Friday, okay? So just make sure you tune in. Uh, Twitchuation room with our sister Francesca, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern time, 1 p.m. Pacific time on Twitch. All right, twitch.tv forward slash TYT. She will break down top stories of the week, interact with you, and be very engaging and enlightening and funny. She's remarkable. Okay, let me read some of these amazing comments. Just Be Anti Racist says, We missed you too, Dr. Richie. <laughs> some may not want the truth, but we know you're going to give it to them anyway. Thank you for that. Colorado Blue Blazer, regular. What's going on? Adrian looks quite different today. <laughs> well, I guess you don't miss me like just be anti-racist misses me. Adrian <laughs> did a remarkable job, all jokes aside. I'm so thankful for our dear sister uh, and thank, uh, and I'm thankful for the entire production team uh, because we had to get through some ups and downs and we made it. Um, all right, just be anti-racist also says the judge should be recalled, arrested and removed uh, and made to repay his salary. The taxpayers in Georgia from the day he attacked the handcuffed man. That would be an interesting um, penalty, definitely appropriate, it fits. Uh, Mickey C. the Silverhead Dragon says, physically attacking the defendant wasn't his first offense. His first offense was calling him boy. Uh, there is no doubt the ju- <laughs> what the judge was saying with, th- with that, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You wanna call the police on him for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're I feel free, back off! Facebook. <laughs> All I asked the girl, I said to the girl, I said, we're still eating, we're, we're not 
one yet. That's all I said. And you started getting cocky and being a smart ass with me. Oh, that's not how it went. Yeah, that is how it went. And you just tried to yell at me and tell me to leave. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Hey, Karen, what's the language? Here's when keeping it Karen goes wrong. Oh, Karen, you did something. <laughs> you see, when they told you to leave and you refused to leave and you continued to be a disturbance to them and the rest of the patrons of that establishment, you establish yourself as a criminal committing criminal trespass. They gave you adequate warning and your job at that moment, once you received the trespass warning, was to make reasonable exit to leave, reasonable. You didn't have to move fast. But as long as you were moving toward the door, they would consider that to be reasonable. You did none of it. You actually set back down, okay? Dina Dahl, attorney at law. <laughs> um, sometimes keeping the caring goes horribly wrong for people. Yes. She did violate the law, correct? Yes, right. You're dead on the trespassing. You know, in this situation, it was really interesting. The, the one other highlight. Is that there was an anti-Karen off camera, and the anti-Karen called her Karen and just told her to watch her mouth. I assume there were probably children there, and this guy says, "Listen, Karen, watch your mouth." And then you know that didn't work. No, she got so upset at him. If you're gonna be a Karen, at least own it, right? I mean, be proud <laughs> of it. She's so proud in her feelings. She's standing up and she's screaming in front of the whole restaurant. And then as soon as she gets arrested, she has no idea why. Yeah, I, if, I think if you're gonna act this badly in public, you should have enough self-awareness to know that's what you're doing and be willing to own it. You know, I'm waiting for the Karen moment, the Karenicity saga, where Karen keeps the Karen all the way through. <laughs> I mean, when the police get there, when they get fingerprinted, when they go in front of a judge, I'm waiting for the ultimate Karen that kept it Karen. Listen, I may disagree with the behavior, but damn it, that Karen may earn my respect in some weird way. Keep it Karen, keep that same energy all the way through. All right, you know, since this is my first day back in the new year, I got something for you. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. Exemption right and a God-given right to be able to breathe O2. I thought it was a medical exemption. Uh-huh. Yes, medical exemption too. It's all it's all under the same topic. They close in six minutes from now as well, and I'm just here to buy a couple of items. 
so I don't know if this is going to turn into a whole long thing when I'm just here for a couple of items. If you need them so badly, why not just put on a mask? It's so because easy. I won't wear a mask. Okay, that's your decision. Okay, yes. Uh-huh. Okay, just try not to argue. I'm sorry. I'm going to No, I'll follow you. Okay. Yes, thank okay. you. Thank you so much. There's also not one person in the store. They're about to close. You know, stores are actually uh, accommodating people. Do they have a sign posted yes. that is saying that they're... Right here. So yeah. right now, it have it's not, it still doesn't mean. I mean, we're a private business with private rights. Oh, there's more. Here it is. Right, but it's also not a law. So I could actually, you actually, so you're one of the first people that I've called 911 who actually doesn't seem to understand that in the end, I'm actually the one with the rights. Even though it's mandated, it's not actually a law. It's based off of an emergency, state of emergency that we are no longer in. So. That's okay. I mean, you can you can say all you want. I do know in the end I have the right, and in the end, okay. if I wanted to sue this gentleman, I could and I will win. Okay, I'm going to send an officer out to you. Can you just wait outside please, for me? I will wait in my truck. Here's the thing. What's going to happen is the gentleman is going to close his door because they close in four minutes. I drove all the way out here to purchase a couple of items. So what exactly should I do? Because I'd like to just walk on in, grab the well, items. Okay, so then you could just let the officer know that I'm leaving and that you don't want us to come out then? I don't want you to come out because all I really want is for you to support me for me to be able to purchase a few items. Oh you're going are you going live too? Huh? I'm just recording. You're recording me? That's fine. You are yeah. welcome to do your research to find it in the end. No, I'm right. I don't I'm care. Right. Can you step outside? Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, could you make sure that this gentleman gives me his name as well, ma'am, just through the phone? Can we at least help me to get his name? Because if I wanted to, I could take it further, and I won't. Okay, fine. I'm not here to do that. Okay, have a but lovely in day. in the end, I was discriminated against okay. for not being able to stop shop at your store. That's your narrative. No, Karen, in the end, you earned a spot on Indisputable. That's what happened at the end, Okay. So let me highlight a few things. Number one, it's amazing to me how individuals who are likely anti-progress for black, brown, margin, marginalized communities historically, etc. They will talk about the 1964 Civil Rights Act without knowing exactly what it means. If that ever happens to you and somebody tries to cite that you're violating their civil rights and they start talking about the 1964 Civil Rights Act, ask them to quote one line from the act. Just one, one to do, all right? Number two, uh, she said she had a religious exemption, but obviously earlier she said it was a medical exemption. Uh, it is a BS exemption is what it really is. And number three, if you notice, this Karen said, you're one of the first people I called who doesn't know the law. That means that literally this person makes an effort to call 911 because she can't get something from a store because she refuses to wear a mask. This 911 operator is not the first person she has called about some dumb ish, okay? I'm sure they have more pressing matters to deal with, Karen. <laughs> uh, Attorney Dahl, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> 
you're right on on all of it. And again, the law, if she has a disability, they have to make a reasonable accommodation like curbside service. She doesn't have a right to enter. But her talking like, hey, I just want to go in. I just want to do this. I thought with her line of reasoning, she could have said, hey, I want to go in and take some products off the shelf and I don't want to have to pay for it because I'm being discriminated against not having enough money to buy <laughs> right, the products. Right. Like that I don't becomes, want to hear Karen no, say that. That's that's awesome. But really, that becomes the the slippery slope. That becomes the linear logic. If exactly. you allow individuals who are not following the protocol of the business, if you allow them to still patronize the business, then what's to stop them from saying, well, I don't want to follow the protocol of paying money. Exactly. I don't want to follow this protocol. Right. All right. Yeah. We got more on the other side is indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let's get to it. A lot of comments. I will read as many as I can. Uh, Jess be anti-racist says, I adore Adrian, but nobody says, I wish a Karen would, like Dr. Richie. Thank you for that. Uh, Mickey C, the silver hair dragon says, laughing my A off, these Karens go from attacker to victim so fast that watching these videos gives me whiplash. Uh, Greyhound dragon says, I live for the double dose. Me too, actually. <laughs> I love the days when I do double dose also. Uh, Lynn says, oh my God, call a 911 for this emergency. Yeah. And she told the 911 operator, listen, I just want you guys to come here and support me. Crazy. Uh, Jambo Gino, Karen's walking to every building like they're the damn CEO of the company. Yeah. Chaplain Fred, aka Prayer Dragon, glad you're back, Dr. Richie and Ms. Dahl. Just woke up from a 12 hour shift at hospitals, had to give last rites for 30 people, not vaxxed. So sad. Uh, Chaplain Fred, thank you for doing what you're doing. I know it's tough, all right, but thank you for doing what you're doing, man. Uh, Twitch, Fidelinero, can cameras be rehabilitated? I know they won't because it would be at their own expense and they don't see a problem, but can they? You know, we may need to start a support group for Karenicity. I can't, I'm not a Karen, I never have been one, so I can't be the guy. But if you know a family member who has been a Karen before, and has now become an anti-Karen, submit their names to TYT, all right? Maybe we can start something here. Okay, Pittsburgh police. There's a cop who may be fired for tasering a black man to death. Let me give you some background to this story. Um, let's put up the picture of this black male who was killed, all right? This actually happened on October 13th. Somebody called the cops on Mr. Jim Rogers, that's Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers was riding a bike left on a curb for basically anyone to take. While the bike's owner was intending to sell it, she reported and said she likely would have given it to Mr. Rogers for free, no cost whatsoever. When Rogers returned the bike where he found it, he sat down to smoke a cigarette. Let's put a picture up of the officer who tasered Mr. Rogers, all right? When the police arrived, Officer Keith Edmonds immediately escalated the situation and used a taser on Mr. Rogers, all right? Let's go to the screenshot of what witnesses saw that day. 
Edmund used the taser 10 times. Keep that picture up. 10 times on the individual Jim Rogers. Onlookers had described Rogers during the incident as nonviolent and not aggressive, and they did not understand why this was happening to a non-aggressive individual. Rogers went into cardiac arrest soon after the attack, died the next day at the hospital. He was only 54 years of age. It gets deeper. The local coroner, all right, the local coroner comes out and rules the death accidental. But but the internal police investigation pointed to, and I quote, procedural failures by the cops involved, multiple. According to the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, the city's police union took issue with those reports. The death sparked days of protest and even an editorial by the city's largest newspaper demanding answers. In December, the highest ranking police officer on duty that day retired ahead of possible disciplinary action. I do absolutely agree with the decision based on what we know now, which is what the public knows. It is certainly a negative on the officers and on the Pittsburgh Bureau of Police, said Beth Pittinger with the Citizens Police Review Board. Pittinger pointed out just because these officers may be fired, that doesn't necessarily mean they will face criminal charges. And that lies your systemic and structural issue right there. Here's the reality. You actually don't need massive police reform. I would like to see it. I push for it, I advocate for it, but you don't really need it. It's not required to hold police officers accountable. There are local jurisdictions from Ithaca, New York, all the way to certain places in Georgia and even in California. With the right leadership, we even have it in New York. With the right leadership, you can hold those injustice accountable to justice. You can. Right now, the conversation is about firing, when it should be about what charges apply. Ms. Dahl, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I agree. I mean, thank goodness. One thing I did like about this, though, is that they didn't just fire the one officer, they're firing six. So, because we've talked about this before, it's a group mentality. And so I'm glad that they did acknowledge that and that there was a review process. In terms of criminal liability, you know, again, sometimes it's in the details and it's hard to make these things stick. There had to be a requirement of recklessness. He died, I think, later on. He was still in custody. And so, did the recklessness. Did it lie in the tasering? Did it lie in the fact that he didn't get proper medical evaluation after the tasering? Sometimes there's um, smaller amounts of liability spread out among a larger group. And in that case, it's harder to find criminal culpable for one particular person. I don't know if that's what's happening here. I haven't delved into that story enough. But you are right that if there was any recklessness, I mean, the fact that he did it 10 times seems to me to have some sort of level of recklessness alone. I'm glad they're trying to keep uh, clean it up, but perhaps they can, could be doing more here. Yeah, definitely. And here's what I see. I see a cop who was aggressive and violent to an individual who did not deserve any criminal treatment whatsoever. And I believe the witnesses, I believe all of the witnesses who said, The man was not being aggressive, he was not violent. However, he was still tasered 10 times and but for, there's a but for element here. That 
scenario led to his death. We can argue about what else occurred after that. But if he did not have that encounter with that police officer who broke policy, according to the police department, if that did not happen, Mr. Rogers will be alive today. Okay, you remember when I told you all about the whole genesis of Karens or people who feel as if they are privileged and powerful telling black folks, give me your ID. Do you live here? Show me proof of where you live, what's your address? That's the equivalent of someone asking for your freedom papers, right? Remember, there used to be a thing in America where if they saw a free black man or free black woman, they were empowered, white Americans were empowered to demand freedom papers. And if you did not produce freedom papers, they were empowered to do drastic things against you if you did not produce freedom papers. Well, it still happens. Here's another formation of it, here it is. Tell us. Because we because own this floor. You don't own this floor. Do you own that one over there, yes. number 402? Yeah. Yeah. Show us the lease. It's 802. Oh, my bad. So you, you own that. Actually, it says 702, so you're even wrong. Police, no. no, yeah, go ahead, call them like there's there's brown people. We don't know these brown people. Where are they from? They don't belong on our floor. Oh, bull! You honed right in on my mother-in-law and said, "Do you belong on this floor?" Do you live here? None of your business. How did you think we got in here? How the. Do you yeah. think we got in here? A lot of people get in here who don't live here. Oh, bullshit. Um, you, you take your dog whistle racist out of my code. face. We need a code to this building. And we got the code to go in this building. And the staircase are for everybody who lives yeah. in this building. See ya. Racist. Bye bye. It's really sad that human beings feel compelled to explain why they exist, why they are able to be free and mobile. You should never have to explain that to anyone. In this situation, obviously, the white couple, they wanted proof of their ability, their right to be on a property that they live on. I'm thankful for this interaction because it highlights an issue that is America. This is America. This is in the fabric of American society. And we highlight these stories because we wanna provide a mirror, a true reflection of the United States of America. And we also want to provide a mirror, not only for reflection, but for correction. We look in mirrors in order to correct appearance as well, not just to highlight it. Ms. Dahl, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I think this is why I enjoy your show so much is because it's an education. You cover so many stories, policing or just everyday people like this. To constantly remind us that if this isn't happening to you, it's not doesn't mean it's not happening. And it's very important for us also as you know, we are in a society and if we care about how other people are treated, we need to see stories like this and we need to see them a lot. Because that's a really sad thing that happened to that family. It's yep. not unique, you wouldn't be able to do a show every day. Yep. You know, if this wasn't happening all the time, but we need to see it because we can't turn a blind eye to it. Well said.
you gotta be careful being Karens these days because anti-Karens are strong. I got an anti-Karen here, anti-Karens unite. Did I punch you? Did I punch you? Did I hit you? You didn't hit me, but you were. You guys want to qualify it? Hey, hey. You better stop. Hey! Hey! Jesus Christ. You're done. You're done. Where's Tom? Just hold him. Don't talk him to death, but just hold him. See, listen. But you had to go to the wrong guy. Because if this guy was not on you right now, I would beat the living out of you, and you would die. Are you real? Good. You gotta love the guy at the end that said, hey. If this guy wasn't on you right now, buddy. I would beat that. Hey, hold me back. You gotta love it. All right. Um, Anti-Karen here. Anti-Karen didn't say anything. Wasn't talking. Did not engage in argumentation. <laughs> Jump to action. I don't advocate violence. I don't advocate for violence. I do advocate for self-defense. This is what you call in the defense of others. Okay, perfectly legal. In the United States of America, based on every statute known to man, you are able to protect others who are being assaulted and attacked. All right, Dina Dahl, do you see any law being violated by the man who grabbed the Karen? No, and thank goodness he was there. We all need an anti-Karen like that around. Yeah, good stuff. All right, Ms. Dahl, always a pleasure having you on Indisputable. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your great work. Thanks for having me. So great starting the new year with you. They can follow me on Twitter, AskDinaDoll1. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.